Good morning, podcasters. I have a very, very special treat for you today. In my journal room filled with books and papers, I stumble across something so special for this period of time. It was a printout that I had from New Year's Eve of December 31st, 2012. And I'm amazed because at that time, I was studying the life of St. Francis and St. Clair and all the Franciscan saints. And yet, on New Year's Eve in 2012, through the inspiration of Christ and Mary, I was inspired to look up St. Dominic. And what's even more so profound, the reflections that I had printed out were reflections by one of the greatest theologians in our time, Pope Benedict XVI. And what's even further amazing, but this is how God is and how he works, Pope Benedict on the feast day of St. Dominic, at a Wednesday audience addressed this talk that I'm gonna give you on February 3rd, 2010. And Pope Benedict remembers St. Dominic, how he always spoke with God and about God. <clears throat> and then he further went on to give recommendations for the reading of the life of St. Dominic. And these were the books that were mentioned and the authors. St. Dominic, The Grace of the Word by B. Doyle, Guy, Order of Preacher. The Dominicans, A Short Story by Hinnebush, William A., Order of Preacher. The Life of St. Dominic, Dominican Publications, Washington, D.C. Jarrett, Bede, Order of Preacher. Jordan of Saxony on the Beginnings of the Order of Preachers, Dominican Sources, Chicago, 1982, Tugwell Simon, Order of Preacher, Spiritual Powerhouse, The Third Order of St. Dominic, The Third Order of St. Dominic, New York, 1957, Wendell Francis N., Order of Preacher, and lastly, St. Dominic and His Times, McGraw-Hill Book Company, New York, 1964, Vicari, M-H, Order of Preacher. So, when I found this <clears throat> printout, I thought to myself, okay, this is how the Lord works. He constantly inspires us in our faith to grow to the next level. So, I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to challenge you to take your faith to the next level. But asking God, and our Blessed Mother to guide you in that process. <clears throat> I especially want to acknowledge and thank God at this point in time for the lay group that I'm involved with, the Regina Patres, has now become a fraternity. The Bishop of our diocese has approved it and we are now official. So I'm very excited because this upcoming month of May, I'm going to be temporary promised, and I'm excited to see what St. Dominic and our Lord 
has planned for me for the days and months and years ahead. So as lay Dominicans, I'm going to be guiding you through the life of St. Dominic. St. <clears throat> Dominic is the founder of the Order of Preachers, commonly known as the Dominican Order. He was born at Calaroga in Old Castile around the year 1170. He died August 6, 1221. His parents, Felix Guzman and Jane of Aza, undoubtedly belonged to the nobility of Spain, though probably neither was connected with the reigning house of Castile, as some of the saint biographers assert. Little is known about Felix Guzman. Dominic's mother, Jane of Aza, was a holy woman, upright in virtue and full of integrity. In 1828, Pope Leo XII beatified her. The example of Dominic's parents had a profound effect upon their children. St. Dominic was not the only child in his family known for practicing extraordinary sanctity. Dominic's oldest brother, Antonio, became a secular priest and having distributed his patrimony to the poor, entered a hospital where he spent his life ministering to the sick. Following in the footsteps of Dominic, his older brother, Manus, became a friar preacher and was beatified by Pope Gregory XVI. From age 7 to 14, St. Dominic pursued his elementary studies under the tutelage of his maternal uncle, the archpriest of Gumil de Lausanne. In 1184, St. Dominic entered the University of Palencia. Here he remained for 10 years pursuing his studies with such ardor and success that throughout the university, he was admired by his teachers and peers as a true scholar. Amid the frivolities and dissipations of a university city, the life of the future saint was characterized by seriousness of purpose and an austerity which singled him out as one from whom great things might be expected in the future. However, more than once, he proved that under this austere exterior, he had a most tender heart. On one occasion, he sold his books, which were dear to him, and annotated with his own hand in order to relieve the sufferings of the starving poor of Palencia. His biographer and contemporary, Bartholomew of Trent, states that twice he tried to sell himself into slavery to obtain money for the liberation of those who were held in captivity by the Moors. Although Dominic's biographers are silent about the date of his ordination, we know that after university, he was ordained to the Catholic priesthood. In 1203, the King of Castile, Alfonso IX, deputed the Bishop of Osma to demand on behalf of the King's son, Prince Ferdinand, the hand of the Lord of the March's daughter. The Lord of the Marches was presumably a Danish prince. 
for his companion on this embassy, Bishop Don Diego chose St. Dominic. Passing on their mission through Toulouse, the Bishop and Dominic witnessed with amazement and sorrow the work of spiritual ruin wrought by the Albigensian heresy. Contemplating this scene, Dominic conceived for the first time the idea of founding an order that would combat heresy and spread the light of the gospel by preaching to the ends of the then known world. After this first mission ended successfully, Bishop Don Diego and Dominic were dispatched on a second embassy for the purpose of escorting the betrothed princess to Castile. The mission, however, was derailed by the sudden death of the young princess. The two priests were now free to go where they would, so they set out for Rome, arriving there towards the end of 1204. Diego had decided to resign his bishopric so that he could devote himself to the conversion of unbelievers in distant lands, and he went to Rome seeking permission. However, Pope Innocent III refused to approve this project and instead sent the bishop and Dominic to Languedoc to join forces with the Cistercians to whom he had entrusted the crusade against the Albigensians. <clears throat> the scene that confronted St. Dominic and Diego on the arrival in Languedoc was not an encouraging one. The Cistercians living in the region should have been fighting the Albigensian heresy, but their worldly manner of living was not persuading anyone to become Christian. They had entered into their work with considerable pomp. They also lived a glaringly comfortable life. Therefore, to counter the Cistercians' display of worldliness, the leaders of the heretical Albigensians proposed a rigid asceticism, which commanded the respect and admiration of their followers. Diego and Dominic quickly recognized that the failure of the Cistercian apostolate was due to the monks' indulgent habits. They strongly encouraged the Cistercians to adopt a more austere way of life because of the convincing testimony of these two men, great numbers of Cistercians reformed their lives. Theological disputes played a prominent part in the propaganda of the heretical Abigensians. Dominic and the bishop, therefore, lost no time in engaging their opponents in spirited conversation on matters of faith. Whenever the opportunity arose, they accepted the opportunity to teach and challenge. The thorough training that St. Dominic had received at Palencia now proved inestimable, valuable to him in his encounters with the heretics. Unable to refute his arguments or counteract the influence of his preaching, the Albigensians grew bitter and heaped upon him repeated insults and threats of physical violence. With his headquarters in Proel, Dominic labored in his preaching in the areas of Fanjou, Pontpellier, Servian, Beziers, and Carcassonne. Early in his apostolate around Proel, the saint realized the necessity of an institution that would protect women of that country from the influence of the heretics. Many women had already embraced Albigensianism, 
and were its most active propagandists. These women erected convents to which the children of Catholic nobility were often sent for lack of anything better to receive an education. In the process, the children were tainted by the spirit of the heresy to supply for the needs of these women St. Dominic with the permission of Falquez, Bishop of Toulouse, established a convent at Pruel in 1206. To this community, he gave the rule and constitutions which have ever since guided the nuns of the Second Order of St. Dominic. On January 15, 1208, Pierre de Castel, now one of the Cistercian legates, was assassinated. The crime precipitated the crusade under Simon de Montfort, which led to the temporary subjugation of the heretics. St. Dominic participated in the stirring scenes that followed, but always on the side of mercy, wielding the arms of the spirit while others wrought death and desolation with the sword. Some historians assert that during the sack of Beziers, Dominic appeared in the streets of that city, cross in hand, interceding for the lives of the women and children, the aged and the infirm. The testimony of the most reliable historians, however, tend to prove that the saint was neither in the city nor in the vicinity when the Beziers was sacked by the crusaders. During this period, he was generally following the Catholic army, reviving religion and reconciling heretics in the cities that had capitulated to or had been taken by the victorious de Montfort. St. Dominic possibly first came into contact with Simon de Montfort in September of 1209 and formed with him an intimate friendship which would last until the death of the brave crusader under the walls of Toulouse, June 25, 1218. Dominic was at the side of de Montfort at the siege of Lavore in 1211 and again with him in 1212 at the capture of Le Pen d'Agen. In the latter part of 1212, Dominic was at Pamiers, laboring at the invitation of de Montfort for the restoration of religion and morality. Just before the Battle of Muret, September 12, 1213, the saint was again found in the council that preceded the battle. During the conflict, he knelt before the altar in the church of St. Jacques, praying for the triumph of the Catholic arms. So remarkable was the victory of the crusaders at Muret that Simon de Montfort regarded it as altogether the miraculous and piously attributed the victory to the prayers of St. Dominic. In gratitude to God for this decisive victory, the crusader erected a chapel in the church of St. Jacques, which is said to he dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary. It would appear, therefore, that the devotion of the rosary, which tradition says was revealed, to St. Dominic had come into general use about this time. St. Dominic's increasing reputation for heroic sanctity, apostolic zeal, and profound learning caused him to be sought after as a candidate for various bishoprics. Between 1212 and 1215, three distinct efforts were made to assign him to the episcopate, but St. Dominic absolutely refused all Episcopal honors, saying he would rather take flight in the night with nothing but his staff than accept the Episcopate. By 1214, the influence of Dominic's preaching and the eminent holiness of his life 
had drawn around him a small band of devoted disciples eager to follow wherever he might lead. St. Dominic never forgot his purpose, confirmed 11 years before of founding a religious order to combat heresy and propagate religious truth. Now seemed to be the opportune time for the realization of his plan. With the approval of Bishop Falquez of Toulouse, Dominic began to organize his followers so that Dominic and his companions might possess a fixed source of revenue. Falquez made St. Dominic the chaplain of Fanjou. In July 1215, the bishop canonically established the community as a religious congregation of his diocese, whose mission was both the propagation of true doctrine and morals and the eradication of heresy. During this same year, Pierre Silan, a wealthy citizen of Toulouse, who had placed himself under the direction of St. Dominic, put at the group's disposal his own home. Through this man's generosity, the first convent of the Order of Preachers was founded on April 25, 1215. The community dwelt here. Only a year because Bishop Falquez then established them in a church of St. Romanus. Though the little community had proved the great need of its mission and the efficacy of its service to the church, it was not yet satisfying the full purpose of its founder. The group was at best only a diocesan congregation, and St. Dominic had dreamed of a worldwide order that would carry its apostolate to the ends of the earth. Unknown to the saint, however, his hopes would soon be realized. In November of 1215, an ecumenical council met in Rome to deliberate on the improvement of morals, the extinction of heresy, and the strengthening of faith. The mission of this council was identical to the mission St. Dominic had determined for his order. Together with the Bishop of Toulouse, Dominic was present at the deliberations of this council. <clears throat> From the very first session, it seemed that Dominic's plans for the order would be shortly realized. The council bitterly arraigned the bishops for their neglect of preaching. In Canon 10, the bishops were directed to delegate capable men to preach the word of God to the faithful. Under these circumstances, it appeared that Dominic's request for the confirmation of an order designed to carry out the mandates of the council would be fully and joyfully granted. But while the council was anxious that these reforms should be put into effect as speedily as possible, it was also opposed to the institution of any new religious orders and had legislated to that effect in no uncertain terms. Moreover, preaching had always been looked upon as primarily a function of the episcopate. To bestow this office on an unknown and untried body of simple priests seemed too bold to the prelates who influenced the deliberations of the council. Dominic's petition for the approval of his infant congregation was refused. Returning to Languedoc, at the close of the council in December of 1215. The founder gathered about him his little band of followers and informed them of the wish of the council that there should be no new rules for religious orders. The group therefore adopted the ancient rule of St. Augustine, which on account of its generality would easily lend itself to any form they might wish to give it. 
Having established a rule, St. Dominic again appeared before the Pope in August of 1216 and again solicited the confirmation of his order. This time Dominic was received more favorably on December 22, 1216. The Bull of Confirmation was issued. St. Dominic spent the following Lent preaching in various churches in Rome, as well as before the Pope and the Papal Court. At this time he received the office and title of Master of the Sacred Palace, or Pope's Theologian, as it is more commonly called. This office has been held uninterruptedly by members of the Dominican Order from the Founder's time until now. On August 15, 1217, St. Dominic gathered the brethren around him at Pural to deliberate the situation for his one-year-old order. He decided upon the heroic plan of dispersing his little band of 17 unformed followers over all of Europe. To the eye of human prudence, at least this action seemed nearly suicidal. However, St. Dominic received support and encouragement from the Pope thus affirming him in his vocation as founder. Soon after the close of the chapter of Bologna, Pope Heronius III addressed letters to the abbeys and priories of San Vittorio, Cilia, Mansu, Floria, Falambrosa, and Aquila, ordering that several of their religious be deputed to begin under the leadership of St. Dominic, a preaching crusade in Lombardy, a place where heresy had developed alarming proportions. Somehow the plan of the Pope were never realized. The promised support failing, Dominic, with a little band of his own brethren, threw himself into the field, and he spent himself in an effort to bring the heretics back to their allegiance, to the church. Accounts estimate that a 100,000 unbelievers were converted by the preaching and the miracles of this saint. Towards the end of 1221, St. Dominic returned to Rome for the sixth and last time. Here he received many new and valuable concessions for the order. In January, February, March of 1221, three consecutive bulls were issued, commending the order to all the prelates of the church. On May 30, 1221, Dominic was again in Bologna, presiding over the second general chapter of the order. At the close of this chapter, he set out for Venice, to visit Cardinal Ugolino, to whom he was especially indebted for many substantial acts of kindness. Dominic had scarcely returned to Bologna when a fatal illness attacked him. He died after three weeks of sickness. During this illness, Dominic bore many trials with heroic patience. Not surprisingly, after signing the Bull of Canonization at Spoleto on July 13, 1234, Gregory IX declared that he no more doubted the saintliness of St. Dominic that than he did of St. Peter and St. Paul. The life of St. Dominic was one of tireless efforts in the service of God. This athlete of Christ always conquered himself before attempting the reformation of others. While he journeyed from place to place, he prayed and preached almost uninterruptedly, his penances were of such a nature as to cause the brethren who accidentally discovered them to fear the effect upon his life. While Dominic's charity was boundless, he never permitted it to interfere with the stern sense of duty that guided every action of his life. If he abominated 
heresy and labored untirely for its end, it was because he loved truth and loved the souls of those for whom he labored. He never failed to distinguish between sin and the sinner. My brothers, my sisters in Christ, this is the most wonderful works of a future saint, Benedict XVI. I believe in my heart God came to Pope Benedict during his lifetime to speak of Saint Dominic, to reshare these facts, these truths, to inspire us as Catholics that will traverse through our lifetime knowing this truth and forming this truth inside of our hearts, inside of our conscience, and to further educate us for our journey. I am totally in awe of what Christ has done in giving me this opportunity to speak to you today. This all stemmed from a printout on New Year's Eve in December of 2012 while I was studying in the Franciscan Third Order. Francis was introducing me to St. Dominic, preparing me for my temporary promise in May, and I'm preparing you as well for you to grow in your faith, for you to walk in the footsteps of such a great saint as St. Dominic. I mean, Pope Benedict XVI's work here in sharing this research, he was a great theologian and writer and Catholic, and he wants for his flock, even from his grave today, to learn the life of St. Dominic, to continue learning about the Catholic faith and continue feeding the flock. Whether we're a lay person or a pope, God is making it very, very clear to me today. We have a duty, we have a responsibility, and we must step forward with the knowledge of Christ that speaks to us today. May God bless us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.